want to tell you about one of our partners, Quetzal Education Consulting. Quetzal Education Consulting is a queer, black, and indigenous women-owned firm offering anti-racist consulting, PD, coaching, keynotes, workshops, and more. Their newly released Abolitionist Teaching Workshop series coaches and prepares teachers to further develop abolitionist practices in the classroom. Find out why they have been called The Future of Educational Justice by Dr. Bettina Love. You can book a free consultation with Quetzal by calling 510-397-8011 or visiting quetzalec.com. That is Q-U-E-T-Z-A-L-E-C.com. And if you mention you heard about them through Two Dope Teachers, you will receive a 5% discount on their Abolitionist Teaching PD series. Once again, you can book them by visiting quetzalec.com on their Connect With Us page. Association. Shout out BCTA as uh, we start to get ready to bargain the, 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 um, the, the, the full agreement. Oh my gosh, the, I, words are failing me. I have not been a teacher in a month. I can't communicate anymore. Um, and, uh, you know, that's been taking up a lot of his time. Myself, I've been trying to find a new job. Um, I'm told that I have a new job. I'm going to trust the process and try to have a good attitude, but, um, but it, it's, you know, it's a little bit challenging. Um, if you are joining us for the first time, please consider giving us a follow um, on all social media platforms at Two Dope Teachers. You can subscribe to our podcast anywhere that you get podcasts, and, and we try to drop an episode every week or two. We have not done that in a couple of months. It has been such a hard couple of months, y'all, and I just want to shout out to our patrons and to our supporters who've stayed with us who are uh, believing in the work and continue to give us encouragement and uh, continue to be there for us. Um, so a few weeks ago, weeks, months, I don't know, man, I feel like it was weeks ago, we had this incredible opportunity to sit with um, National Teacher of the Year for 2019, uh, Rodney Robinson, along with another Teacher of the Year, uh, Sean Sheehan, and um, these these two fellas have started a podcast called uh, the the Teachers Room. It's a it's this amazing show where they uh, where they literally talk policy with teachers, and it's super fun. Um, for this particular episode, they recruited us because they think we're funny, <laughs> uh, and so they invited us to um, to to come on the uh, on the podcast. So this is actually a collab. 
um, to talk about some of these lighter moments we've had in education. I wasn't feeling particularly light at the time, so I just you know apologize to uh, to Sean and to Rodney. I love you guys so much, and I feel like um, I feel like I didn't bring the funny as much as I was capable. Um, but you know, we we are just so honored to share space with with these two guys. And um, we hope that we'll be able to collaborate again in the future because these are two people that we just really have a lot of regard for. Uh, we were able to interview Rodney um, shortly after I got uh, Colorado Teacher of the Year in 2021. And uh, it, it was just a blast. And, uh, and Sean and I have, uh, Sean was my homeroom teacher uh, in the State Teacher of the Year sort of affinity groups. And so he was our facilitator and I uh, got to know him. Just what a, what a gentle, wonderful, brilliant um, person. So um, it was really fun. Um, I, I also want to let you know that we are now in full-fledged mixtape season. Uh, this is mixtape track one. Now the, the two dope, uh, teachers in a mic summer 2022 revolution mixtape or summer revolution mixtape 2022 is really designed for us to try some new stuff on to try some new ideas to start promoting folks who are just doing stuff because summertime is is a time that we're chilling but it's also a time when a lot of us get into our creative minds and we start stepping back and we start critiquing the things that we're doing and trying to think differently um usually the summer is when i start as a teacher reframing a little bit of what i want to do you know a little pd here and there like nothing too serious but just thinking of new things because i have room to breathe um I'm definitely thinking of new things right now because um, my whole life is a mixtape right now and we're trying to figure it out. Um, so really excited to bring you track one of the Summer Revolution mixtape 2022. Um, we will be bringing you some other guests, including um, the writer Elena Aguilar, and we'll be talking to some more folks who will be joining the mixtape, and we just hope that y'all enjoy it um, as it drops one track at a time. Um, hey, if you want to support us financially, which is always useful, you can um, go to patreon.com slash 2 teachers, where for as little as $15 a month, you can get a sticker. Stickers are very exciting. We love stickers. Stickers are our friends. Um, if you are interested in something bigger, as in podcast uh, sponsorship, and uh, advertising and that kind of thing, you can email us at 2DopeTeachers at gmail.com. Um, we do have a reach of close to 20,000 people at, at the very least through social media. We can get your product and your ideas in front of folks and uh, just really looking forward to getting that going. So uh, when Kevin's back, we'll do a more comprehensive sort of catch up and see where we are and uh, just kind of update you on all the life changes that he and I are going through um, and some potential changes to the podcast, which we will be asking for your uh, input on. So without any further ado, I bring you Summer Revolution Mixtape 2022 Track 1. Two Dope Teachers in a Mic with Sean Sheehan and Rodney Robinson. Stay with us. I'm Sean Sheehan, and with me as always is Rodney Robinson. Rodney, how you doing this evening? Oh, man, I'm, I'm fresh off of spring break. I'm feeling good, man. Ready to roll. There you go. Got that R&R. Well, look, we, yes, we, got a very, <laughs> we got a special episode tonight. It's our first ever podcast collaboration with two dope teachers podcast, we got Kevin Adams, we got Gerardo Munoz in the uh, in the building. What's going on, fellas? What is uh, up? Oh, Kev, you go ahead. We always do. You 
You go ahead. No, you go ahead. You already went. (laughs) (laughs) You know, hey, it's already happening. So we are glad to be here. Glad to have you here with us. Glad to be here with you. And, uh, you know, really happy that we have this opportunity to collaborate. Uh, I concur with what um, my my fearless partner, Kevin Adams, is saying here. I'm Gerardo Munoz, and we're two dope teachers and a microphone. Well, please uh, introduce yourselves just a little bit more to our listeners, to the Teachers Caucus oh, listeners. Okay. Tell us, yeah, tell us a little <laughs> bit about your podcast. We'll do the same for your listeners. I know it's like it's awkward because we haven't had a podcast collab like this, but I'm excited. So, so, so yeah, go no, ahead. It's, tell, it's, tell us, it's Teachers Caucus, who you are. Yeah, and would this be the one where we introduce y'all to the Two Dope Nation as well? Yeah, we do that. Two Dope Nation knows Rodney a little bit, but yeah. So, uh, (laughs) well, me and Kev, uh, we are merely two public school teachers in the city of Denver. Um, We are middle and high school teachers, and we're just trying to we're just out here trying to remix the conversation on race, power, and education. What 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 are you in it for, Kev? You're in it for the money. I'm I'm in it for the nah the glory of oh, the glory, the glory. The gl- you know <laughs> I'm in it for the glory. That's right, the legend. That's right. You know. Is there anything else you want to add, Kevin? Uh no, you summed it up pretty good. You know, uh, we're just out here trying to really uh, amplify the voices of teachers of color, students of color, and those experiences, and and kind of really. Um, let the people know what it's like to be a teacher of color or a student of color. Yeah, we've been, we've been on this journey about six years now. Um, we're so grateful for for our listeners and for the people who got really excited. But yeah, time flies. It, it was wild. We, I think, I wonder if there's a correlation between us starting this podcast and the election of a certain president in the fall of 2016. Um, I'm not really <laughs> sure. Maybe there's a connection there. Um, but no, That's I think weird. I think. Uh, yeah, it's weird. Who knows? Whoo, weird. Uh, but me and Kev, I think we started talking about, um, we became friends pretty quickly. Uh, at some point, you know, our origin story is that one of his former middle schoolers um, came to my school for high school and started talking to me about, oh, Mr. Munoz, if you ever meet Mr. Adams, you will be BFFs. And then she would back <laughs> and she would visit Kevin and be like, Mr. Adams, there's this dude at this at my high school that really needs your help. And um, and so, uh, you know, so shout out Ella Paul. She's the matchmaker. Shout out to Ella Paul putting it together. The matchmaker, uh, fierce advocate for education as an adult now for public education. And uh, so we met and um, we hit it off pretty quick and we started talking and then we thought we were pretty funny and decided we were going to have a podcast. Um, Kevin, I still sometimes forget people listen. Like we just started chopping it up and doing our thing, but... That's right. That's right. We started our podcast in a closet at our school, you know, like, um, so that that was always a looking back at where we are. You know, I feel like we've, we've made it a little bit of ways. Yeah, uh, definitely. We're here now. Well, and we're pretty, they say. we're super excited about Teachers Caucus podcast. Like when uh, so Rodney came on the show, um, you know, in the fall of twenty twenty of 2020 man i don't even remember yeah yeah right well, that's too good yeah the last two years of rodney came on the show and we had a great conversation and then 
uh, when I saw y'all uh, pop up on Facebook um, that you have this Teachers Caucus podcast, like that's dope. Um, and love your work. It's a little bit different than what we do, right? Yeah, we um, we basically we're we're not in the classroom right now. Both of us, you know, have taken a, a more of an administrative role. And what we find ourselves is at the crossroads of classroom teachers and ed policy. Mm. And then we just, you know, Sean came to me and pitched the idea of, hey, nobody's really talking about this in the, you know, in the podcast world. And so we started this and just wanted to empower teachers' voices because between, you know, the connections we have and the people we know, we know some pretty awesome people, including you guys. But um, we just wanted to give them the mic so that they could speak about issues that are in their state, issues that are national, that things that fly under the radar. Because quite often when we have um, policy conversations, everybody talks except for the teachers. That's right. And exactly. so we wanted, to right. we wanted to make sure we got teachers' voices at the table. And if I, we could use our platforms to give some teachers some shine, some issues some shine. I'm still shaken by Arkansas's against paddling episode that that still goes yeah. on, but just yeah. the, oh, it's the, still just it's still those types of like in in Colorado as long <laughs> as long as your locality says it's okay, then it's okay. Um, and Kevin's yeah. got stories about the Board of Education. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, I grew up. I grew up. Uh, so elementary school, Mr. Lewis, shout out. Um, he was the hold on. True story. My principal, Mr. Is, Crawford Lewis. True. This is, you can look all this up. Crawford Lewis was my principal at uh, Montgomery Elementary. He moved on to become superintendent I mean, of Atlanta Public Elementary? Schools. Where is Montgomery Elementary? In it, Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah, outside of Atlanta, that. suburbs of Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> he become well, if you follow, he becomes the superintendent of Atlanta uh, Public Schools. Um, he ends up uh, going to jail. <laughs> So, oh, wow. but when he was my principal, and he's like, Shut up. Well, when he's my principal, maybe he's listening. You never know. Yeah, he, he, I, I was, you know, I was a, I was a little bit of, um, I had a voice, you know, and I was, had a personality, and so I made my way to the principal's office a couple of times, and I remember he he reaches in the drawer, and he opens it up, and he and he pulls out these two boards with handles basically i had never seen anything like this you know because i came from i came from a traditional household where they used the belt so like like you didn't you didn't have a special tool for it right it just you you it was you know it was black household so it was a multi you know you, you had to use belt 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 has multiple uses but he pulled out the he's like these are the boards of education Oh God! <laughs> One was wrapped in a bunch of tape, like all the way around, up and down, and then the other didn't have tape on it, and it had holes in it, just a uh, bunch of holes. Switch that's wind resistance, yeah, yeah. And he, he understood was, physics. He understood physics. Yeah. And so he tells me, he's like, "Look, I don't want to do this, but if you keep acting up, if you come back here, I'm gonna do it." And I was like, "My mom won't let you do it." And of course, he uh, had my, called my mom on the phone, had her on speakerphone, and was like, uh, and uh, just to be sure, you know, he follows up. And just to be sure, if this happens again, do I have your permission to give him a paddling? And you know what my mom said? Yes. 
<laughs> I was like, wait, wait, wait. She was like, look, you get a paddling from him. You coming home and you get another one from yeah, me. Double jeopardy. That idea yeah. is doesn't exist in some of our households. Like, yeah, real. yeah. The board of it. I didn't yeah. get it. I never got it. I learned. Yeah. See, I learned. Yeah, that was all. It was enough. I probably That's needed a paddling when I was in middle school, especially. <laughs> I was, I was, uh, I was a pain oh, in middle school. Maybe that, maybe that's like some of the stories. <laughs> the karma of teaching middle school and it's like oh wow that is annoying um <laughs> no but that's dope the policy stuff is really interesting and i think like yeah i think as you as as you all have probably realized all politics is local and um and how it all kind of works out y'all y'all have some dope yeah. episodes real good stuff uh, you know what I, I used to believe yeah. that except now this like there's the national movement when we could that's the thing when rodney and i when we were connecting we were texting and stuff is like we kept seeing the same anti-crt sentiment literally like word for word in bill text across states right yeah. so like it's 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 decreasingly local when we have some of these conversations that are like more of a national movement you know funded by you know you can look it up yeah. do the homework but yeah yeah and so we felt compelled to just kind of yeah. get Involved in that conversation, and we recognize the irony of like calling it the teachers' caucus, and we ourselves are not current classroom teachers, but that's that's what it was about centering teachers because the tables that we were sitting at did not ex include teachers, right? So it was like, look, let's take this conversation out of this room and into the you know public space where we're you know centering educators who are doing the work right now, like in 2022, we got it. We got a national teacher of the year and a state teacher of the year. Y'all are valid. That's right. right. <laughs> Y'all are. <laughs> no, but I think hey, that is you. something really interesting that I've been thinking about a lot um, because, and it's it's not a big secret. I've I've had some opportunities present themselves to leave the classroom after this year to work on a more systemic level, and that and that is the concern. That's always the concern. Like the further I get from the classroom, the less time I spend yeah. with teachers and with students the less I wonder if I, the less I feel like maybe I can say about what's going on in schools. But, um, but I think on the other hand too, like, I feel like knowing both of you and Sean, you, you facilitated our, uh, our breakout group and you know, the year that I was, I got this up here too, you know, so that's, that's there. Yeah, represent. Yeah. Um, but, uh, <laughs> one of the many coffee mugs I got for being Colorado <laughs> teacher of the year. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, I think I think it's interesting though because you all probably will primarily always see things through the eyes of a classroom teacher, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, and it's it's really unique to have those those eyes. Now it's funny that you know you're from Colorado. I had my epiphany in Colorado. We were at Denver. We were at when you say epiphany, I just I need a little bit more from Mike. <laughs> Yeah. Is that code? I mean, I just, it was code? a moment of clarity. It was a moment of clarity. A moment of clarity. I'll just say yes. that. And I was, we were at ECS, Education Commission of the States, which, you know, is something all the teachers of the year get to go to. And I was in the room with all these policymakers, and it was like, I didn't see anybody that looked like us in that room. Yeah. You know, there was one brother, but, you know, they're always saying all skin folk ain't kin folk. Kin folk. You know? And, um, <laughs> I was like, this is the room where I need to be. I've been granted access, you know, so why not use my voice to speak for the kids who are never getting these rooms, to speak for the teachers who are never getting those rooms? And that's when I originally decided 
I can't go back into the classroom. Wow. Yeah. You know, because it's my job to open doors and pull more teachers into these rooms so that we can center our stories and our voices for all education policy. Because, I mean, this is ECS. This is literally every state superintendent, wow. every state commissioner, everybody in this room. And like I said, I saw this one brother. There was a few women on top of that, you know, very yeah. few women. It was just predominantly white men. And I was like, nah, this ain't it. You know, this is where we need to be. And so that's when I made it my my focus to always center the voices of most marginalized people because if not, who's going to do it? Yeah. You know, they're not going to get in these rooms. Those folks don't care about the people knocking at the door trying to get in. I'm going to crack that door open and let some other people get in. Yep, yep. No, and I think that's so critical because we, we think about education and who's making the policies, right? And 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 it's it's probably the only kind of endeavor where it's not the experts who are making the policies that are going to govern them. You know, like we in Colorado, we have a teacher accountability bill, right? And, and uh, it requires observations and evaluations and all of that and that you have to be effective or approaching. Well, that's written teacher. in state law, right? Yeah. And that's our state yeah, law. Is, and so well, we, it's nuts. <laughs> yeah. And so you, you, you think about the people who wrote this policy and, and came up with this system of evaluation that they weren't educators, that they weren't, you know, that they, yeah. that they were policy people and they didn't have that voice of educators. And, and, and then how it, how it, plays out throughout different districts impacts educators which in turns impacts ultimately what kids experience are you talking about 191 yes so 191 is really interesting if you if y'all want to look up like senate bill 191 um it was technically written by a former educator a reformer, a person who, who believed in reforming the exactly. education system. So this system. is an individual. I mean, we can, but his name's out there, right? Like, yeah, put it out there. Yeah, this is this is form, former Colorado State Senator Governor. Uh, Michael Johnston, um, who uh, spent three years in Teach for America, became a principal, and then ran for Congress and, and wrote this bill uh, that became Colorado State law, which is that 50% of our appraisal has to be student achievement. And I think that bill soon was replicated across many states. So, Sean, to your point, that idea that, like, I don't know, what, what my grandma used to say, monkey see, monkey do, like, that, <laughs> I feel like that's what these policymakers are doing is, like, that seems like a great idea, um, which their, their, their uh, criteria for a great idea is that it's an idea. And, um, you know, it's like, oh, I heard you say those words. I want to say those words, too. And so what we have is we've got this really draconian system and we have 67% of the teaching force in Colorado saying they're considering they're leaving after this year. That's like, that's two thirds. That's wild. Yeah. 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 That, I think that's sort of, that's the state of education in Virginia right now. And right now Virginia is ground zero for all of those because <laughs> yeah. yeah like today he he that's vetoed how he got bills. elected right yeah he, i'm not joking today he vetoed bills that was unanimously passed by the house and the senate now the house is republican the senate is democrat wow. 
They both unanimously passed these laws. <laughs> he said no. Nah. He vetoed. He vetoed them today. That's and that, that's a Kanye government. And, <laughs> Can't tell me nothing. Yeah. And exactly. That blew my mind. Like, rare in any state are you going to get bills with unanimous bipartisan support and a governor just says, nah, I don't like these. We're not going to do this. You know? It is just, VA, uh, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Evidently. And he's trying to get rid of a local school board because he lost that city. He lost that county. And Y'all don't get a school board. He's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, nah, take your school nah, board. They can... <laughs> I wish that was a joke, but he seriously <laughs> is trying to have a new school board election this year because he didn't like the results That's of the amazing. election. Yeah, so we're ground zero for all of that craziness right now. Oh you my know, goodness. yeah. <laughs> Man. Is Colorado Man. in session yeah. every year? Do they have a legislative session I, every year? I have no idea. I think yes. Is that yes? Kevin? Yeah, I believe yeah, so. Yeah. One social studies Virginia teacher too. asks another, "How do you do politics in Colorado?" <laughs> I believe so. I yeah. believe so. It's like, listen, I studied ethnic studies. All this stuff is colonialism, <laughs> but I believe so. Yes, I feel like Kevin. Don't we have two sessions every year? Well, I think we do have two sessions. Yeah, so I think, I think they're now one that right that. now, and then they then they get summers off. Um, and then they come back in the fall. Come back in the fall. And then they get late fall off. Yep. And then they get early winter off. And then they come back for a few. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think it's like two sessions. And to, to our credit, like there are some folks who, um, I, I'm saying it's a, one thing that's been really funny over the last year since, since I got Colorado Teacher of the Year is that I've been invited into a lot more spaces. And I dragged Kevin with me uh, to some of those spaces. Um, the, the first thing is, why do they do all this stuff in the middle of the day? It's like because because they know that some teachers are teaching. Let, yeah. They don't. Teachers and parents are working. That's why That's I'm right. convinced of it. It's amazing. They know that. Join us for a roundtable at 11 a.m. I'm like, cool. I'll bring my 35 eighth graders in advisement. That would be good. Actually, actually, <laughs> that would be good. Do that. Actually, I, yeah. I, do that. Uh, I have Kevin's son in my advisement, and um, I'm convinced that. Um, I, I don't, man, he's, he's gonna, he's gonna figure something out and be running the world at some point. <laughs> okay, all right. So no, but what, but what's, what's hilarious is these people will invite you into these spaces. And I don't know if you all had the same experience. They'll be like, we're going to talk about X, Y, Z topic. And then you come in and you're like, what are we talking about? They're like, we don't know. <laughs> we don't know. Do you have ideas? <laughs> what do you got? It's just, or or they have the worst out of date policies and ideas. Like if if one more old white man comes up to me and says, "You know what the problem is," which I immediately tune out because I know we're gonna get something vaguely racist, <laughs> you know, particularly, you know, every that happens every time I'm at some sort of legislative event, you know, and it's just so frustrating that these are the people making decisions and they have no idea sometimes most of them have no idea it's like when you meet one of them who actually knows what's going on it's like you instantly fall in love you're like school you're like fanboys this is like you know like like, oh like, like johanna hayes for the first time you're like oh my gosh you know things <laughs> <laughs> exactly it's, it's just such a refreshing thing but those people are few and far between yeah you know the vast majority are speaking political talking points 
or just outright 1970s racism where we need more fathers in the home and we oh, right. need yeah. more police in schools. And yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm quoting verbatim what someone told me a couple months ago at a conference. That's literally his solution. You know, and he pulled me to the side. You know what the problem is? Uh, here we go. Here we go. You know, at this Rap point, I'm paying race. I'm playing racist bingo. Which, what is <laughs> he like, what say? is it? What's the problem? What's the problem? <laughs> what is it? You know, and that's and that's what they do. But you know, thank God for Jennifer McClellan and people like her in our in our Senate who in Virginia who actually go to schools, talk to kids, talk to parents, and actually push laws that empower them, not necessarily take everything away. And that's what we need. We need more students, more parents, more politicians willing to stand up to yep. these idiotic talking points around the country and make things better for education as a whole, you know, cause uh, you know, well, and we, and, 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 you know, educators need to be better about showing love to the people who are doing the things that we need them to do. You know, I think we're not really great yeah. about amplifying the good work or saying, you know, when they do the things we need them to do, we just, Oh, we like, we wipe our Heads be like, thank goodness we dodged yep. another bullet. We've been on defense for so long. I mean, I'm coming from the Oklahoma and Texas perspective, so I've only ever known <laughs> yeah. defense. When we're talking about public I'm education, never I've never been in a space where. <laughs> 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 yeah. You know what I mean? But like, it's it, yeah. we got to be better about like high fiving, you know, publicly, loudly. Yep. The folks yep. who are the doing the things that we need us. them to do. Yep. You know, and if yeah. and if you're financially yeah. able to do so, because as someone who has run for public office at the state level. You know, make those contributions. The $10 is a couple yard signs, you know, it's a couple mailers. So it may not seem like that's going to go a long way, but it does. You know, as someone, like I said, I, I, in summer of 16, I was out knocking doors all day. I teach, you know, that fall, I was not, I was teaching ELL Algebra 1 in the day, and then I was knocking doors at night. So, yeah, Kevin um, would say that's doing the most. The more love you can show, the better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but hey, you right. yeah, got it. And that that's like that real generosity. It's not like uh, the false generosity that Freddie talks yeah, about. Yeah. Like when you have a parent say, I send my child to public school. And it's like, oh, that's it. Okay. <laughs> you send them. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Just oh. say how, how many, how many uh, uh, people are at the school that don't look like your kid? You know, that's right. That 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 pretty much eliminates that conversation. Well, we so we had a thing happen like in Colorado. Kev, I don't know if you saw this in Chalkbeat or one of those reformer rags. Um, but they, so they had this whole story about they was celebrating um, that that white families are are voluntarily integrating schools. <laughs> oh, thank them. Did you thank see that? Oh my God. It's like, well, you know, it's funny because it gets at something really important, which is the likelihood that your school is going to shut down is in direct proportion to the to the percentage of white children. You need white people. To, you need white people to survive. Well, but you not just anybody. not too many that not too many white people, so they take over. But you need just enough so they care. Right, and so like, <laughs> and so there's this whole story about these parents, that these good white folks sending their white children nice white people. to black and brown schools and how great it is for their kids. And I'm sitting here reading this article saying, wow, we're like literally gentrifying schools now. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> by the neighborhood, yeah. you're like gentrifying the schools. Um, but it's wild. Oh That's like that fall. I've been thinking a lot about false generosity because um, the first, 
I think it's a great strategy because that means you can like say a bunch of stuff and not have to follow through yeah. and people are going to think you're great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. But it, there's so much I, of that. Yeah. I think my city right now, I really hope someone's writing a book on what's going on. Like particularly this year right now in our city, it's just a, a classic case of just liberalism, do-gooders, and the harm that they cause by trying to do good, you know? Like, yeah. for example, we have a school um, in our district, you know, and in the school pretty much, I worked there 20 years ago. They were promised a new school 20 years ago when I worked there. Oh, wow. Now, this year, like, they finally come up to where they're going to get a new school. A certain liberal section of the school board hijacks the construction process from the city, you know, because they can do it better. The city says, well, we control the money, so you're not going to get the money to build the school. And then they said, well, we're going to build a school that's smaller <laughs> than the current middle school that's already over capacity, you know? <laughs> and, and, and yeah, and in the midst of all this, the second richest school in our district catches fire, you know? And, you know, which was a sad event. No, it burns down. Not, yeah, yeah. Not funny. And every, everything is taken care of with that school immediately. We know. Yep. You know. But this other school, which is predominantly black, and like 50% black, 50% Hispanic school. Not enough white they people. They are fought to <laughs> nail to finally last night get the thing that says, hey, we're going to build your new school. You know? And it strictly was because the black families and the brown families were about to riot. They were like, this is, this not, is not acceptable. This is, this is your hypocrisy right in your face. Man. How can you continue to do that? And it's still barely passed the school, passed everything. So the politics right now are very toxic, but it's illuminating that just liberalism run amok and how not necessarily... It, it, I'll, I'll get it this way. This is our school board. Our school board is or seven black women, one white woman, and one conservative white guy who's the swing vote. Mm -hmm. So he has all the power uh. on the school board right now, you know, in, in, in our predominantly black city. So, you know, it's we're, amazing we're, we're how fighting. it works out that way. It's exactly. And so it's just a classic textbook case of how politics can just derail the views, even internal politics within, you know, one yep. side can yep. derail the the hopes and dreams of black and brown families. And I hope someone's really writing a book on this right now. I mean, I this like real, or making a documentary. I feel like there's somebody on here who like knows enough to write that book. <laughs> me and you, we, me and you, exchange some messages, man. We gotta, gotta keep ourselves uh, accountable to that, to that writing, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like I said, and it's like I said, I'm not putting anyone because I think everybody has a valid point. Everybody on each side has a valid point. However, you have to understand when you can't compromise, the wolves are at the door of education right now, and they're gonna come in and they're gonna take advantage and only benefit the people who've always benefited from public education. So you have to come down off your high horse and compromise to make things work better for our families. And unfortunately, people aren't seeing that. And that's not just Richmond thing. Yeah. You look what's going on in San Francisco and Oakland, yep. you know, yep. Philadelphia. It's the same thing across America right now. We really need to get 
educators in the center of these conversations making decisions. And we need people like Sean, who's going to run for office again one day. <laughs> he didn't get hit by a tornado. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's hold on. Yeah. <laughs> No, I mean that 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 is interesting too because you know Kev, we your old district uh, that you graduated from went through some wild stuff a few months ago, yep. Um, yep. where a superintendent was removed by a majority Republican school board that essentially got elected. Bec- Why did this, so they they elected him or they they were elected because of masking? I believe so. And that's the way I. Yeah. Like that's how they came into power of the school board, and um, it was just this. Yep. If it wasn't so upsetting, it would have been hilarious. Just watching these people, they're yeah. like, "Well, what did he do wrong?" And they're like, "We don't know. We think yeah. the masking thing. He's like the masking thing was is done. It was ordered by the like by by your predecessors, and I work for them. I have to do what the school board says." And they're like, "Well, you should." Uh, but, um, yeah, we don't know why we're mad. We're just mad. Yeah, we're just that we're mad, and it's your fault. And so they had a closed door session, which was illegal, and uh, and then they fired him. The thing about this district that I learned is that Douglas County is the seventh wealthiest district in the country, like per capita wealth, and it's the worst funded school district in Colorado. Wow. wow, I never knew that. Because they just won't. Pay but it doesn't taxes. surprise me. Yeah, yeah, they won't pay taxes. Yeah, and so it's just one of those things where, like, I think about this a lot in policy. It's just because you can get elected doesn't mean you know what you're doing, and uh, that's why we need Sean. Uh, Sean, what are you running for? Um, well, I feel like you should for, run for, for the for record. Me. We don't want to put that out there. I'm not running for anything <laughs> right now. First of all, <laughs> Sean's like, hold on, down the job, hold on, he's now. running for something. And and Rodney Second had a all, Rod, you know, Rodney. Rodney is a famous man. Like, <laughs> that's what Rodney said. Nah, I, I realized really quick when I got in those rooms, politics wasn't for me because I tend to be a little too honest. You shoot and, straight from the hip. Yeah, and that's not something that people want in politics. And for they reference, check smile. out our uh, interview with Rodney when I he don't shares know, some, his Some uh, groups do want that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They don't like it for me. No. I'll just put it that way. I'll just say that. Say it that way. They don't like it for me or people of my of my ilk, as they say. <laughs> you know, <Yep>. but <laughs> but you know, but it's national. Everything local is national. Getting back to the point we were talking about, you know, that's that same local issue. You know, we same. I started a story, and each one of you had a story about how it's going on in your area. So the politics right now of education is honestly toxic you know you hate to use that word it's toxic and it's become the hot button issue to generate voters and so whenever that happens you get all kinds of i'm not gonna say nut jobs but you get all kinds of people coming out of woodworks who just simply want votes so they're gonna say whatever it takes to generate that emotion and get those people riled up so they can come out and support that their candidate or this issue, you know? Yeah. It's, you know, I know that, um, you know, we're, we're in April, right. And it's like, these are, this is definitely, I don't know. I feel like it's the mad dash to the school year. Like, and, and one of the things that frustrates me the most, um, at this time of year is when people who aren't in education and who aren't educators come up to you and they're like, 
you're almost over. Are you excited that the school year is almost over? And I'm like, well, no, I, I feel like I just fell off a building and the ground <laughs> up at me. Like <laughs> eventually, eventually it's going to be over, but I will be so broken that it won't matter. <laughs> but I think yeah. like, I think one of the things that keeps me and Kev going is, you know, trying to have a little bit of levity about certain things because there's, there are things happening that are just, that just feel like satire. Like every day it's like, this is just not funny. So one of the things that I think is really funny is in, in multiple states, um, you know, and I don't know how many states are doing this. You all are the, are, are kind of the policy wonks. Um, but the, um, the, the idea that we're going to post our lesson plans. <laughs> <laughs> where are they posting? Are these like, where are they? I, I, I don't, I love, where is, I love when people want lesson plans <laughs> from me. Yeah. I'm like, you want my lesson plans? You want them? Yeah. What are you going to do with them? Why do you need that? I won't understand Kevin's lesson plans because he actually puts his have substance and like his have intention and like and they won't be able to find things wrong with them because they won't understand the content. Um, but they're like, oh, he's having them right. That's good. The um, writing. With me, I would lose my job on the third day because I am not convinced that I write lesson plans anymore. I'm just kind of like, I don't. Know. I don't. Uh, I don't. I play. I teach i i create the materials that i'm going to use to yeah. teach do i have a like something that is like a lesson plan with objectives and standards I, right I now i almost want to see this happen though because like half of our colleagues won't know how to upload them right <laughs> how do you right. <laughs> like half our we've gotten better we've gotten better i feel like there's more people oh i know that's why i said half <laughs> <laughs> I think we're at like 60%. Maybe. 65 and now. then you'll have, so they'll be like, because, and Kev, you know who I'm talking about. Uh, but I feel like I, we, we, hold on. Let's be careful with this because we're slowly moving into that group of teachers. Like, I can't figure it out. I don't no, understand. I, you yeah. know, we just know that there's some folks that like technology is difficult for them or like if you, put, they don't pay attention. If you, if you put it in the hands of like school leaders, like they'll they'll come up with some convoluted system. Our district will will put out a contract, and they'll be like, "Yo, let we need somebody to develop the most cumbersome, least intuitive, most frustrating web platform possible, so that we can yeah. host these lesson plans." And so there'll be that. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, part of me would just be yeah. like, "Oh, y'all y'all about to really find out <laughs> like what happens." Yeah. <laughs> but. Uh I'm not going to say this because I'm not, I'm saying it because I'm not 100% sure, but it started in Indiana, introduced by a state senator, and you go Google that guy and what company he works for, and you will be pleasantly surprised, you know. I'm Googling right now. <laughs> <laughs> the company that he works for, that he is the executive vice president, CEO of, some, of a major company connected with education who wants to push the uploading of the lesson plans and it's really an interesting dichotomy that this guy yo that's wild <laughs> you know we, we, that's that'll be homework for people to look that up for themselves <laughs> bonus you know, points we, yeah <laughs> it did I fail though it did fail though which was good huh yeah right yeah it did right, right? yeah, yeah. I just what, think it's what's yeah, what is the what is the um any rationale for this for for this policy 
Is it to monitor it's, what teachers teach? Is it is that? Yes, yeah, it's, it's part of the CRT movement, and yeah. you know that whole we want to control what our kids are learning. That whole movement, but you know you'll be pleasantly surprised to find out what corporation company that guy works for. You know, but yeah, so. no, it's it's fascinating. I highly recommend this homework uh, for people. Yeah. It is really interesting. Um, <laughs> We're starting to think on the teachers' caucus where we have we tell these stories. You know, we we want teachers' stories of how certain moments just affected your career or affected your outlook. And I think tonight, you know, we're gonna focus on, you know, just those moments where we messed up or that we learned from our biggest mistakes. You know, and I'll start. I remember a couple years ago. You know, this is one of those moments as an educator. I had a class, you know, this was the athlete class. You know what I'm talking about. This class had the football players, the basketball players, the, like cheerleaders, like everybody in that class. I don't know what the, the school counselor did. I'm not going to say guidance counselor because I don't want that smoke anymore. The school counselors <laughs> <laughs> did. I got the athlete class. And I remember, like, they all, and they... You know how athletes are. They do their work when they want to do their work and they get it done, but on their own terms. And I remember a kid, you know, I gave them progress reports and the kids, like a lot of them were failing at that point. But the progress report was meant to, hey, you guys don't respond unless you get deadlines. So you need to get get it together. And the kids were upset because they were failing. And this one kid, he lost it, like screaming at me. Mm-hmm. You know how could mm-hmm. how could I be failing? I passed the test. I did. I mean, like, yeah, like yep. going off. Yeah, because he he hadn't done his homework. He hadn't participated. You know, and he, but I thought about it. I was like, you know what? He's right. Mm-hmm. If he took all the tests and he passed the tests, why is he still failing? You know. And it really made me sit down and think about my entire grading system, you know, and how I'm using grades as a moment of control, a moment of punishment, rather than actually measuring what my students are knowing. And so that one thing, and the kid, you know, he went off and he cursed me out and this and that. Mm -hmm. And the principal actually walked by while he was going off on me. So the principal, you know, like he's getting suspended, yep. you know, and I oh. went to the principal and I was like, nah, nah, he don't no. need to get suspended because no. I'm wrong. But the principal was like, I can't have them cussing you out. I was like, just let me take care of it. And luckily my principal trusted me enough to, you know, let me take care of it. And I went to him and I was like, man, you're right. You shouldn't be failing this class. You demonstrated to me, you knew all the knowledge that I taught, and that's my fault. I was using grades to control you and control your classmates' behavior. Yep. And that's the wrong, wrong thing to do. And so I want to, I want to thank you for showing me, as an adult, what 10, 12 years in the game at that point, that I was wrong. You know. Now let's focus on how you express yourself, because you don't need to be yelling profanities. That's and right. Cursing that's and right. That's looking, right. Looking like you're ready to throw, you punch me in the face. But you were right, you know? And I told the kid that, like, you changed everything for me as my outlook on grading, my outlook on schools, to understand that, hey, the way I did things was wrong. 
And I because of that, I'm a better teacher to this day. I mean, I just talked to this man a couple weeks ago. He's he's about to start grad school at Harvard. All you right. know, but it was just That's one of those so, moments wow. where, you know, I was wrong. And the kid called me out, even in his own unique way. But I learned from it to say, hey, I have to be a better teacher and just build better relationships and teach kids that grades are should not be used for control. Grades are just a measurement of what you know. And if you can demonstrate to me that you know it, you deserve the best grade possible, you know? And so it just really changed my dynamic on grading outlook and how I basically don't use grades as a form of controlling students anymore. You know, I just build yeah. better relationships. Hey, let me ask you this. Power Have any of y'all ever had a kid like step to you for real? Like for real, for real step to you? Oh, I had one. Of this <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll tell I, my story. I'll tell my story, but go in, ahead. I worked in a jail, Sean. I worked I in a jail for years. All right, then. You know what? I ain't like, going to tell this story because now you already, you already diminished my story. <laughs> he talks it. New story now. Sean, what's your story? Look, okay, well, no, now it's nothing compared to Rodney's juvenile detention stories, but it's a I'll, big deal for me in Norman, Oklahoma, okay? In <laughs> Norman, Oklahoma, all right? <laughs> no, you, no yep. it's all right. It's not a competition, gentlemen. It's not a competition. <laughs> okay, right, all right, all right. right. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, we can all win. That's right. <laughs> well, look, so, like, yeah. it's this is year one, Sean, right? This is actually probably, like, 10 weeks in, Sean, right? So just barely... Like, I barely figured out that I shouldn't have my computer against the wall because it meant my back was to the class, right? Like, that's how it took a minute yep. to kind of figure out. And, and, and for background, I'm teaching, exactly, I'm teaching, uh, I got a special education, like, resource math class. And the kids are, like, not with me at all on the lesson, right? Because I don't know what I'm doing well. Yep. And, fi- and and I'm on this kid to just, like, yo, like, be quiet. Like, at a minimum, just, like, stop interrupting, right? Like, if you don't have to be with it, but just yep. stop talking. And finally, this kid gets up and he was like, yo, I'm getting real tired of you talking to my boy like that. And he steps to me like he's like an inch from my face. And mind you, I'm six one. And this kid's about six foot as a freshman. You know what I mean? He's he's a he's a big kid. And then the, first of all, like time stops in that moment for like all time stops. There was no teacher prep, you know, lesson on what to do if a student yep. steps to you. Yeah. Like and. I'm from West Phoenix, man. Look, let it be. I'm from West Phoenix. Also tangential, but shout out to to Kareem Neal, 2019 Arizona Teacher of the Year, first Arizona teacher inducted into the National Teacher Hall of Fame. So he All teaches where I grew up. Yeah, 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 yeah First ever, like there we go. Yeah, he's he's he's, uh, he's teaching where I where I'm from. Eric Hale, 2020 Texas Teacher of the Year, grew up where I'm from, West Phoenix, Maryville. Shout out to everybody out there. Okay, and, uh, wow. And and you know, Eric, 2021. Juliana Urtube taught in West Phoenix, Maryville. Also, like just greatness coming out oh, of that wow. spot. Oh wow! So even they, though, they, they, greatness, greatness. Goldmine of even of though they didn't, you know, students. they didn't set that bar for us. Anyway, look. Okay, so the kids here in my face, and, <laughs> and I'm thinking, man, nobody told me what to do, but West Phoenix kicks in, and I was like, how dare you get in my face? You better sit down and work on that algebra work. And he like he backed down, like he just he like sat down real quick. The class is oh, like wow. couldn't hear anything. And in my head, I'm like, yep. oh yep. my gosh. Like, I'm freaking out. But my exterior is just like, say something. Like, do something. Like, I'm trying to look like a Yeah, bulldog. do something. Do something. Yeah. And then I, yeah, like, walk back to my desk. Yeah, I walk back to my desk, and I'm, like, freaking out. Because I'm like, dude, this kid straight up could have, like, dropped me. Because he, he could have. This kid could have, like, clocked me, and that would have been the end of it. 
I totally escalated the whole situation. It was unnecessary. All I had to do was step back. And so I'm sitting at my desk. Nobody says yeah. a thing. You said this. Huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, my man. Well, so like, and then I'm, I'm like, all right, you got to like, how am I going to bounce back? Because the class barely even started. I got like 50 minutes still on the clock. And uh, <laughs> yeah. I get back up. <laughs> yeah, man. And I get back up. And this is, that's one of those growing moments. Like you got to learn on the fly. And I was like, all right then. So look, we got Y equals MX plus B, right? And we're trying to find M. And the kid, this other kid, this other kid straight up interjects. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Are we not going to talk about what just happened? Like, are we not going to talk about it right now? And I said, look. <laughs> you ain't going to do all that and said, not look. just like, and just pretend like it didn't happen? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And That's what he's looking for. Like, I said, nah. I, I, I told him, I said, uh, I want you guys to know that um, I don't hold grudges, uh, that I forgive you immediately. Like, and I, and I hope you'll do the same for me. Cause um, yeah, sometimes like, sometimes I like act off the trigger and that was, uh, that was pretty messed up of me. So um, I'm, I'm ready to move forward. If y'all are ready to move forward, which was just like the crappiest way to kind of wow. like try to patch that together. Yo, same kid though. Same kid ended up helping coach my Special Olympics basketball team with me. We took state in Oklahoma. Yeah, of course. Same kid. You know what I mean? I see him at church. Like, by all accounts, never should have made it. Made it and is doing big things now. And so that's kind of just like the, you know, was way out of line, way wrong. Uh, reacting, you know, just as a, a male educator, you know, not to be like that typical patriarchy tough guy yep, thing. Yep, yep. That was yep. the default. That's what somebody offends me and gets in my yeah. face. I'm right back at you. That's um, right. That's right. I'm much more I, tempered now, I, you know. But yep. I, I would say you handled it right by being vulnerable and saying, "Hey, I, say I yeah, made after. a mistake." You know. Yeah. After. After. If he hit me, if he hit me, it would have been a totally. He would have been in trouble. It would have been a yeah. whole different story. You might have lost yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> you might. You might have yeah. been like, I might not be here. I blacked out. I blacked out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but on kind of a serious tip, though, like, I think that I, I think that you can't like I, I'm teaching some teacher ed and teacher prep pro, uh, classes right now and TAing a couple of sections. And, you know, we have these um, early servicing young teachers who are so afraid to make a mistake. And it's like you have to as a teacher, you, it's like y'all ever see Bull Durham. It's like you have to go in, It's you know, with uh, Tim Robbins and Kevin Costner. It's like yeah. you have to go in with arrogance and fear. Like you have to be confident in what you can do, but re be ready for things to go sideways because because it's not a matter of if something goes wrong, it's when. when. And yeah. it's when things don't work out the way you want to. And I would say that you can't control how situations are going to unfold and you can't even always control your reaction to them because we're people like that's the thing like someone told me once that well you you know you shouldn't take things personally from students and i don't but i also think it's important to recognize that this is personal work that we do and so if we have moments where things are upsetting or triggering like we're human it happens and so i think you did the right thing just like rodney said by by just saying you know what I shouldn't have done that. And, um, you know, let's, let's talk about that a little bit, but, um, and also I feel like that tornado, Sean has just moved into Colorado. Kev, is it windy over there? It's always windy. <laughs> <laughs> I think my neighbor's grill just like blew over Boom. or something. It's, it's like, lately, <laughs> we've been having like 65 mile and up gust of wind here in Denver. It's a joke out here. It's, it's, like really it's bad. Good. It's like good thing. 
good thing that that won't start fires or anything. Um, so I had a student step to me, and this is a much funnier situation in my opinion. Um, this I'm not going to say his name, but if I said his name, Kevin would totally remember. So we're, I'm in the hall, and we had this uh, we had this sixth grade cohort that came in, and our our sixth graders are babies, but they are they can be wild. They have no idea what's going on. They don't know anything about middle school, and they just kind of like they're they're sort of like these extraterrestrials who just landed from another planet and don't speak the language, don't understand the norms, just kind of like wander around. Um, and so it was during class and there was a kid making a whole bunch of noise in the hallway. And so I kind of go out there. I was like, hey, uh, young man, I need you to go to class. And um, and I turn and I walk away and I hear this little voice behind me go, I'm going to knock you out. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm and I'm standing there. I'm like, wait. What? And like th this little dude like comes up to hear on me. <laughs> and so I turn around and I say, come here. <laughs> like you get one swing and I hope you're fast. <laughs> and I hope you're fast. <laughs> and I, but it was amazing. And he just kind of looked at me and for a split second, I thought he was going to do it. <laughs> like, right. I was like, uh oh. This little dude might actually do it. And, you know, it was just so wild to me because I was not expecting this out of this little dude. Like I've not, you know, I've I've always kind of, I've always gotten along pretty well with kids, even when we butted heads. And I've never had a kid say he was going to knock me out. And it was never a kid that was like four feet tall. But there's, I mean, I've said out loud, especially with some of these people who are wilding, like these white supremacists and these folks that say stuff on social media, like there's times where I'm just kind of like, man, y'all, y'all act like nobody ever socked you. Like, I feel like there's a difference between people who took a punch at some point and people who didn't. That's right. <laughs> you know? That's right. And so, you know, Sean, you talked about West Phoenix, right? So for so for me, it's the east side. Like, that's that's my east side that kind of comes out. And it's like, if you just knew what it was like to get socked, to walk into the wrong punch, like, you, you might, you might kind of control the things that you're saying to people. But, oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Kevin gets threatened every day um, <laughs> by uh, colleagues. <laughs> nobody's threatening me. There ain't nobody threatening me. Nah, nobody's threatening but, Kev. Uh, Kev's one. But, but, you know, like, it's funny, Sean, because your story, like, I, I have a similar story in my reaction. And there was this particular student, and I'm, and I'm so thankful for him. Um, unfortunately, I didn't keep in touch with him because he was at my old school, and it was a middle school. And usually we didn't see him after they moved on from eighth grade. They were not looking back once they went to high school. But I remember one day I had this 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 child in my class and and he was wiling out, you know, like he was doing <laughs> everything to to just everyone, right? So picking at other kids, right? Couldn't want to sit in his assigned seat. Didn't want to listen. Didn't want to like, breaking pencils right in front of me. You know all the things, just just completely wiling out, right? And uh, and subsequently, he brought it out of me. And so I asserted myself. You know, like thinking, look, look, you're not gonna play me. You're not gonna play me. So you know, I I bring him out in the hall. 
You know, I at least have, at first I'm yelling at him in class, but then I hold him after school, right? And, and, I, and, I, and I'm just, rah, 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 wilding out on him. Just, just going in on this child, you know, and like realizing it's horrible. And he's like, can I go? Can I go? You know, just because it's his time. This is the end of the day. Right. And again, like you said, Ronnie, using my power to try to control him. I'll show you, right, that they, you take up my time. I'm going to take up your time. Knowing he had to get on the, you know, RTD bus and and get across town home. Um, you know, I was tripping and he ended up missing his bus that day. Right. I'm leaving. I'm leaving the parking lot, getting in my car, driving home. Right. You know, I'm good. Oh, yeah. Well, he'll learn. He'll learn. And and I go, you know, I go home and like I can't sleep that night. I can't sleep, you know, in my soul, in my heart. I'm like that child did not deserve any of that. You know, he was he was being an eighth grade boy. He was in a, a boring U.S. history class where I was trying to get him to read some stuff that he didn't want to read, didn't want to have anything to do with. And, uh, you know, like I, I'm stewing all night about it. I'm, I'm up all night, you know. I come in the next morning. I talk to one of my colleagues about it. You know, what should I do? How should I handle this? You know, I feel bad. And again, he was a black kid. So, you know, and I had white kids that I taught in the same class. And I know if I had acted that way to them, I'd be hearing from their parents, right? Yeah. I didn't hear anything from his mother. You know, and I had talked to her. I had called. I was been one of those where I called constantly, complaining about his behavior, never saying anything good about her son. You know, and looking back, I could tell what she must have thought of me. And so, and I, and he was coming. He was last class of the day. I knew he was coming, you know. And I, so earlier in that day, I go and, I go and track him down. You know, I have to find him. And I, and I tell him, hey, can we talk for a minute? And and, I'm, and he's like, yeah, sure. You know, he's in another class. He's got his head down. Because, again, I'm, I'm starting to realize, you know, more and more about his experience in education. And so he he comes out of the hallway, talks to me. You know, I'm like, yo, I just want to let you know I'm sorry. I was completely wrong in how I handled that. I completely lost my mind in how I was dealing with you. You did not deserve any of that. Um I apologize deeply, you know, and again, what, what it showed me is like, how was uh, our kids, they have resilience, they have grace. And he's like, Hey, mister, it's fine. It's good. You know, like I, I, I wasn't sweating it. And, and in the end, looking back, I think that was still a strategy for him to save face. Right. But, but he, he accepted my apology. We had a different relationship going forward. And that night after that, I was like, I will never yell at a kid like that again for anything yeah. that they're doing, right? For any, unless, unless it's dangerous, right? And dangerous. 98% yeah. of the time, things aren't dangerous that the kids are doing, right? It's usually about me and my ego and how it should be. So like, that was a moment like, you know, that taught me a lot about what it meant. It's similar to yours, Rodney, about what that power is that we have as educators you know, and, and and it caused me to behave very differently from there on out. Yeah, I've I've done some thinking about this because I've I've had a couple of incidents like this, and I've realized I've noticed that most of the time, 
when I kind of lose my mind on kids, it's usually a Latino boy. Like that's who it yeah. is. It's a kid that reminds me of myself a little bit or the kids I grew up with. And, you know, it's interesting because literally my little hermanitos are why I came into education yep. and my and my my black and brown children because I grew up in a neighborhood where nobody got out of high school. Um, and, uh, you know, I tell people sort of lightheartedly, um, white people don't know what to do when I say this, but I probably went to more funerals and birthday parties as a kid. And that's just kind of how it was. And so when I came into education, I, I, I was fond of saying that I was here with a vengeance, that I wanted to make sure that I, I was able to reverse some of the wrongs that happened in my community. Um, and then I had a couple of moments that kind of reminded me that maybe I had some biases that weren't coming off the way I wanted to come off. The first time was we had an after school, an evening event with students at my first school is an alternative school. So Rodney, some of our, uh, yeah. our similar like educational backgrounds, I think that's where I have a heart for the same place that you did that kind of work. Um, you know, and I, and there was one student that just really got on this case and my wife was there. And uh, as soon as he left, she looks me dead in the eye, the way a wife does. <laughs> and it's like, you need to be more patient with that boy. And, um, and it was like full stop. It's like, wow, I am coming down hard on him. And then a few years later at the school we're at now, I had a, um, the principal came and spoke with me because one of the moms had gone to her and said, well, Raul feels like Mr. Munoz just doesn't like him. Like he just doesn't like him. And my first reaction was like, how dare you like, um, like your child, like your child, like the world is not going to like your child. Your child is a brown boy. Um, your child is an immigrant. Your child is a kid who speaks English as a second language. The world ain't trying to like that kid. And if that kid goes out there trying, hoping that people are going to like him, like, and so in my, in my own twisted logic, I felt like I had been kind of doing a service to this child. And, um, as I kind of reflect, cause I knew the family, it was a good family. And, um, They'd absolutely been through some things. And after I had time to like cool down, um, I realized that it did not matter where I thought I was coming from. It did not matter that these young men and their educational success meant the world to me. It meant the absolute world to me. It doesn't matter if it doesn't feel that way to the kids. If they aren't looking and listening to my words and feeling seen and supported, then it doesn't matter where I think I'm coming from. And so that's been really important. And then the last time I had just a really protracted blow up with a kid right after the last bell, similar to what Kevin's kind of describing. And it just escalated. And I know it had a lot to do with where my head was at at that point. And, um, and so he avoided me for like two weeks. And then at some point I flagged him down. I was like, Hey man, um, you know, I treated you in a certain way a couple of weeks ago and that was not okay. Like if somebody had treated me the way I treated you, I probably would have, I probably would have tried to hurt that person. Like, and, um, I just owe you an apology. Cause I think a lot of teachers will maybe do that. And then they'll say, well, I'm sorry. I talked to you that way, but you, yeah. and then it becomes yeah, about, yeah. Yeah. And so, and I had that temptation, like I'm human because yeah. I'm kind of like, you have no idea, boy, you are doing, you know, and, um, and I just said, 
I just owe you an apology. And um, nobody should treat a person that way, especially I shouldn't treat you that way. And I want you to know that you mean more to me than that. And, and you know, like Kevin's student, I think he was kind of saving face. He was like, no, Scott, I even tripped. I don't even remember that. Like, you know, and I'm like, I was hollering at you across the hall. And everybody yeah. saw you remember it. <laughs> um, he changed schools. And then towards the end of the that school year, he came to visit and um, and he brought a friend and he's like, this is my teacher. Hey, can you take a picture of us? And wanted a picture with me. And so, uh, you know, I think that there's healing that can be done. And I I'd like we don't want to be in a situation where we do harm, but we're doing human work and we're human. And so when when we make those mistakes and when we when we sort of lose our cool, uh, we, we just need to be able to own it because that's the other thing too. Like the boys I grew up with didn't have a way of dealing with their emotions and I didn't yeah. have a way yep. of dealing yep. with my emotions. And so there's such power in just modeling that, that apologizing isn't weakness. Apologizing isn't like justifying another person. Apologizing is just saying, listen, I behaved in a way that was not okay. And, um, and it was not okay. And, um, and I am just sorry, and uh, and I hope we can be okay. Yeah, you know. Wait, well, gentlemen, got Rodney yawning twice within two minutes, so that's my sign. That's the cue. Sorry, I'm you sorry. know he's on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it's, I, it, Rod, it's late. It's late for Rodney. He's East Coast. Yeah, he's East Coast. He's East Coast. Down East Coast. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even realize I was doing it. This was, I'm tired all the time. So it's. it's we're, we're like 24, we're, we're, yeah. we're 24 episodes in. That's always my clue. I guess you haven't just now figured it out. But when I see you, when I get the double yawn, that's that's the Double that's, yawn, that's you're time. like, oh, that's it. That's it. All right, I lost that's it. it. That's it. Yeah. But, it it's, sub, it's subconscious. It really is. It is. But look, listen, you yeah. know what? When Rodney and I started this thing, when we were looking around, who else is doing this work? Who else is having these conversations? I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, Kevin, you guys have been at this for a minute. Two Dope Teachers podcast. Thank I mean, you. we're all about giving folks their flowers while they're here, while we can. And I, look, I mean, I, right. I, the homework I did to get this thing off the ground was, what do y'all do? Like, just yes. ran. You guys are like a two hundred episodes <laughs> deep, man. Like doing it big. And oh it's, man, it's wild. Look, it's 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 a it's a, it's a it's a pleasure and it's a, a privilege to just like to to yeah. know you and to just be in this space with you guys, like because. You guys stay doing the work. Yeah. You're doing the work right now. I feel detached. I know Rodney and I have had this conversation. Once you leave that classroom, once you stop taking attendance, once you stop grading stuff, you know, yeah. you feel you feel that. So just all the props, all the love to you guys. Two Dope Teachers Podcast. Your homework assignment mm -hmm. to the Teachers Caucus Podcast listeners. Go check that out. Show them some love. Send them all the ratings because, you know, it's a five-star review every time for, for every episode they do. Check out that Secretary Cardona episode, That's by the way. Stars. Big time. Big time. Oh, yeah. That was cool. That was fun. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we appreciate you all. Like, I think that when Kevin and I came in this podcasting game, I feel like there just weren't a lot of black and brown people doing education podcasts. And and just to see y'all throwing your voice in, both of you are just incredible folks. Like, you know, Rodney, you've been on our show, uh, you know, and uh, and it's just so great to get these stories out here and to have our voices out here because, man, we got so much to contribute, man. Like, for That's real, right. Sean, like, y'all y'all are a great yeah. duo. It's, it's we we got to do some more collabs because this is Definitely. fun for yeah, sure. This, Definitely, this is dope. And like I said, I appreciate you guys. You know, just having me on first of all, but just paving the way. You know, you open the doors 
for other people to say, hey, we can get in this space and we can do it as well. So I want to give shout you all out and give you your props. But I also want to give everybody that extra credit. Go look up who sponsored that Indiana bill <laughs> and what company they work for because that will give you a lot of insight It'll about like, edu- education policy and yeah. You'll be like we been going. <laughs> uh, don't bring in the wire don't bring in the wire because i can talk I, I, I literally, I literally, yeah that'll be another hour <laughs> I'm, I'm dead i had wrote a whole curriculum around the wire to teach a, a class or just race politics oh. government season then, four yeah oh my god yeah. for schools yes yeah but that's but then of course the ta- the test scores tanked so i got thrown back into an extra testing grade but we we know how that goes in education, you yeah, know. We do. <laughs> but yeah, but that's your extra credit tonight to go look that up. And truly, truly, want to thank everybody for tuning in. All right, y'all be well. <laughs> oh, are you gonna, Gerardo? Are you gonna bring them home? How we do it, Tito? Yeah, bring them home. This was so much fun. This was such a great collab. And, uh, you know, we should collab again so that me and Kev can get better at it. And, uh, you know, but we like to say a little thing when we uh, say goodbye to Tudor Nation for an episode uh, for former teachers. Well, current, actual teachers of the year. Y'all will always be teachers of the year. Rodney Robinson and Sean Sheehan for the teacher of our hearts, Kevin Adams. My name is is Gerardo Munoz, the 2021 Colorado Teacher of the Year. And we're inviting all of you for the rest of this wild school year, through all the nonsense, through all of just the wildness, to stay grounded and stay dope.